Good afternoon, all in the internet world of social media and Facebook. Hopefully, this live video is getting started. Great to be with you today. I never can uh, tell when I'm supposed to start talking and not talking, but usually it's no problem at all for me to just keep right on talking and wait for it to connect. So, hope it's connected by now. I think it is. Great to be with you all as we continue this study through the daily Bible in chronological order. Here it is uh, almost the middle of February, and so that means we have gone quite a ways into reading through the Bible this year. That's uh, quite an event. And even if you're not following along with us in the daily Bible reading, at least listening in and watching these two lessons each week on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons live here on my Facebook page at 3 p.m. Central Time. But then, of course, posted there uh, following, and you can always scroll down and catch up on some. And also on our website, on our live stream page, where we have our video archive link. And our web, main website is westerwin.com, Irwin spelled E-R-W-I-N, westerwin.com. And then you click on social media and resources and click on the live streaming page, and that'll take you uh, to uh, scroll down a little bit. That's where our Sunday morning services are carried live at 10 a.m. Central Time. And also are under video archive, a little bit below the big blue box, Click on that and you can have all kinds of resources, uh, previous sermons, previous Facebook lessons like this one, and, uh, and wonderful other things that uh, we have done here at West Irwin. Hopefully you're able to take part in that when you can, and uh, glad to have you aboard uh, today. This week we are continuing our wanderings <laughs> through um, the wilderness with Moses and the Israelites uh, we'll be spending a whole lot of time in another week or so in the law uh, as we go through the law of Moses in a very organized and structured and lawyerly-like way, thanks to Dr. F. Lagarde Smith and his wonderful presentation of that in the Daily Bible. But for now, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite at that point where Moses is uh, giving the final blessings to all the people, and then we'll look at the law and we'll hear his final goodbyes and and calls for obedience before he goes up Mount Nebo and never comes down. Uh, but for now, we're looking at a couple of others who passed from uh, the company of the Israelites and from uh, this world, and that is specifically Moses' sister and brother, his sister Miriam and his brother Aaron the priest. Uh, Miriam and Aaron, both you recall, had challenged Moses' authority uh, recently, and uh, God came through in a very strong way uh, supporting uh, his man, his leader, uh, Moses. Even though Moses, far from sinless, he still was God's man for the job. And we read about Aaron and Miriam questioning that, and God causing Miriam to uh, be leprous for several days and then to be restored. But ultimately, she, uh, she passes away. And as best we can tell, this is very close to the time uh, when Moses himself will have his life ended and the Israelites will cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land. But for now, uh, we still have a little ways to go before then. And so Mary, Miriam passes away. 
and then Aaron does as well. Uh, what happens with Aaron? Remember, Aaron was the priest. He was a descendant of Levi, one of those 12 sons of Jacob or Israel. And Levi became the tribe that uh, was going to take care of a lot of the tabernacle things, uh, things where it, the Israelites worshipped. And then God set apart Aaron from all of the other descendants of Levi. And now Aaron was going to be the first of the priests. And he would be the high priest. And then his sons after him and his descendants would become the priests of Israel. Well, at this time, Aaron is about to pass away. And remember Nadab and Abihu, his two oldest sons, um, offered up unauthorized worship before the Lord and were struck dead because of it. And so Eliezer and Ithamar, the next two sons of Aaron, uh, were called upon to serve in that role as priests. Well, now Moses uh, goes up on a mountain and takes Aaron and Eliezer uh, with him. And he has uh, Aaron take off his priestly garments and put them on his son. And the Israelites learn that Aaron has died and they mourn for him for a whole month. Remember, Aaron was a very special, uh, special leader right beside Moses while they were in Egypt, while they were confronting Pharaoh. And then, of course, through the 40 years of, of uh, travel through the wilderness wanderings. Uh, why 40 years, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, on Tuesday, we read about those, or we talked about those spies. Remember the 12 spies? 10 were bad, 2 were good. Uh, do you remember the name of the two good ones? Of course you do. Uh, Joshua and Caleb. And they're the only two that survived. And they're the only two that survived uh, from all of the adult Israelites uh, who came out of Egypt. It was only Joshua and Caleb who would enter the promised land. And it was because of their faith. When they spied out the land, they came back, reported to Moses, hey, this is, this is a great land. It's got wonderful fruit. But boy, the people there are big and strong. And they have their uh, armies and all of this. And the Israelites, the, the ten of the, tri of the spies, came back and said, we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb said, well, of course we can. We have the Lord fighting for us. But unfortunately, the 10 carried the day. And because of that, the Israelites had to spend one year wandering around in that wilderness for each day those 12 spies were gone. And they were gone for 40 days. And so God said, okay, one day, one year. One year for each day they were gone, and so for 40 years from the time Moses was 80 to the time he was 120 when he died, uh, the Israelites were wandering around in the wilderness waiting to get to uh, the promised land. And so that's, that gives us a little bit of an update there. And it's interesting that uh, one of my sermons years and years and years ago, a long time ago, was titled, In Their Presumption. And it was a sermon about how sometimes we don't seek the Lord's blessing and we don't seek the Lord's guidance. And we go off and do something just because we think it's the right thing to do and God has not blessed it. Well, remember, God wanted the Israelites to go into the promised land and take those enemies and, and get the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But because they were afraid, they did not. But after God disciplined them, 
then some of the Israelites said, okay, let's go, let's do this, let's do this. But God had said, nope, it's not going to happen now. And in their presumption, Scripture says, they went ahead and tried and were soundly defeated. It's a great uh, reminder for us uh, to not be too presumptuous. I think that's where those words in James 4 come from in the New Testament, where James says, look, when you're making your plans, let's ask the question, is this the Lord's will? And if it's the Lord's will, then great, let's keep going. But if not, then let's remember not leaving him out of our plans is pretty good advice. And that's what we read from this story of the Israelites. And so now Miriam dies, Aaron dies, the Eliezer uh, comes down from the mountain and he, everyone sees that he now has the priestly garments on and, and that he is the new high priest. And so that continues to, uh, the Israelites continue to go forward. But it's not the only time uh, that there were, was squabbling <laughs> and challenging to authority. Uh, in Numbers 16 and 17, uh, or rather uh, later in Numbers, there was a, a man by the name of Korah, who was uh, also like Aaron, a Levite, but he challenged Moses and he challenged Aaron, and he had 250 or so with him. And he said, hey, look, you don't have the right to take authority away from all of us Levites. We should have the opportunity to be priests too. But that's not what God had willed. And so uh, they too were destroyed, and then and they had 250 behind them, and probably uh, from uh, several of the tribes, but that was not God's plan. And so God wanted to make sure that they knew that Aaron was the one called to be the priest, and so God had them put uh, uh, a test before him. And he had, from each of the 12 tribes, someone to take their walking stick, their rod, their staff, and uh, leave it overnight. And Aaron was to have the one for the tribe of Levi, and his name would be on it. And sure enough, that next morning, they go and they look, and there's Aaron's rod. And it, even though it was a dead stick, um, it was blooming and blossoming, even had fruit on it, uh, almonds or something, some kind of nuts. So it was really quite amazing that God did that. And God had Moses save that rod that budded and leave it there with the Ark of the Covenant there in the tabernacle. And along with a pot of manna that never spoiled and the tablets of stone that, God, that Moses received from God the second time after he had thrown the first ones away uh, because of anger at the golden calf incident. Those three items, according to Hebrews uh, chapter 9, were uh, found within uh, the, um, the uh, Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant. So that's a, that's a really cool story about Aaron's rod, his staff that buds and blooms and blossoms, and it's very, uh, very amazing. Uh, but there's uh, several other things that happen as they're wandering around, as we have read. They, they find themselves... Uh, on the eastern side, crossing the, the uh, across from the Dead Sea. Remember Egypt on the west, and then you have uh, the Sea of Galilee to the north, the Jordan River flowing south and <clears throat> towards Jerusalem, and then uh, the Dead Sea at the very south, and then the, um, the Negev, uh, the south desert land below it. Well, the Israelites are going from west to east, and they go 
uh, across and they go to where uh, the other nations are on the east side of the Jordan. And while they're there, they run into some who uh, uh, come up against them. And there are two kings that are specifically uh, mentioned, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, O.G., king of Bashan. And they both fight against Moses and the Israelites and are defeated. Uh, this is before they cross the Jordan River under Joshua's leadership from west to east and go between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea. This is on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And so there are two and a half of the 12 tribes that say, you know, we like this spot. I think that we'll keep this as our uh, inheritance. And uh, those tribes are the tribe of Reuben and Gad and half of the tribe of Manasseh, who is one of Joseph's sons, and whom God said, remember Ephraim and Manasseh uh, would take the place of Joseph, and they would each have a, a share as uh, the other brothers of Joseph did because of everything that happened with Joseph. But we're, we haven't read too much about that yet. We will be in the days ahead. Uh, but ultimately, they will settle there, and then the fighting men will cross over into the Jordan and will continue along with the Israelites as they try to uh, take over and conquer the rest of the promised land. Uh, that's still ahead as well. But those two kings, Sihon of the Amorites and Og, king of Bashan, uh, we'll hear more and more about them and how God provided uh, the victory for his people uh, because of that incident. But there is one story that I want us to look at before we finish up our study today. And it is found in Numbers chapter 21. And it's also picked up in the New Testament in the Gospel of John. And it's something that's very striking. And it's a, a wonderful, wonderful story of God's deliverance in the Old Testament. But it's especially wonderful the way it's applied in the Gospel of John. Uh, in Numbers chapter 21, uh, reading starting at verse 4, Numbers 21 verse 4, they traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. The Edomites were opposed to them, you remember, and would not let them pass, so they had to go around. Uh, but the people grew impatient on the way again. They spoke, uh, uh, they spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. God had provided manna for him, but it wasn't good enough. Maybe it didn't have peanut butter and jelly with it or something. I don't know. Verse 6 of Numbers 21. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. I think this is such an interesting, interesting story because uh, the people, of course, are whining and griping and complaining against Moses, against God. And so God sends these poisonous snakes, and when bitten, the people would die. And so they repent, and they go to Moses, and they apologize, and they repent, and they say, please pray for us. 
pray that God would take these snakes away. That would have been my prayer too, by the way. And God could have handled that any, any number of ways. He could have... Or he could have just kept them from biting the people. Snakes could have been there, but they couldn't have bitten anyone. That would have been a possible solution as well, but that's not what God does. The snakes are still there. They're still poisonous, and they're still biting people. But what God has Moses do, he says, make a snake. Uh, uh, ultimately, Moses makes a bronze snake, snake of brass. And, and God says, put it up on a pole where everybody can see. And then whenever anyone is bitten, if they will look at this snake, they'll live. I think look at this snake with faith. They will live. They are believing and trusting in God that even though they have been bitten, if they look to that snake that God had put Moses to build, then for this specific reason, then they will be saved. Well, it's a, it's a pretty cool story if that was all there is, but it gets better in the New Testament. And so this is what we read about in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, leading up to that great verse 16. Um, first of all, there is an allusion to this exact story from Numbers 21. John 3, verse 14. Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, John 3.16, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, lifted up the snake in the desert, even so, Jesus says, the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And so just like there was a horrible danger, there's a danger today for us, and that's the danger of sin. And just as in the days of the Israelites under Moses, God had Moses build that snake and put it on a pole and set it up high so that everyone could see. Uh, Jesus was the same way. They nailed him to a cross, and they lifted up that cross and, and uh, put it high above the ground where everyone around could see clearly that he was there and that he was crucified and that he was killed for us. Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, speaking about his death on the cross, that everyone who believes in him would have eternal life. Just as the Israelites could look to that bronze snake through the eyes of faith, trusting in God, even though they had been bitten, and even though those snakes were very poisonous and people around them were dying, if they looked at that snake through the eyes of faith, then they would live. In the same way, we look to that one, that Son of God, Jesus, our Lord and Master and Savior, who was nailed to the cross and lifted up that day 2,000 years ago. And if we look to him through the eyes of faith, in faithful obedience, he will save us. He will justify us. We will be saved from the wrath of sin and death 
through him. What a wonderful, wonderful way to end our study today. Keep reading, and I look forward to being with you on Tuesday when we talk about a talking donkey. What, Bill? Yes, a donkey that talks. And the most amazing thing about that story is its owner talks back to it. I'll see you on Tuesday. God bless and have a great weekend.